0: In a world where horrid stenches and piercing screams come not from the realms of fantasy, but from the nightmare of reality. Come two heroes bonded by love and the kind of desperation only parents can know. Oh God, please, no! 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 Behold, RPGs and Baby Makes 3, the greatest podcast in the history of all podcasts by parents who have made a podcast about being gamers with a baby. Did I mention it's a podcast? Here are your hosts, Gretchen Hilmers and Rob Hessler. And I am Rob Hessler, here with Gretchen Hilmers.
1: Yes, that is I. It's me. This is
0: episode 12. I did the math. This is the official podcast, episode 12. We've also, of course, done a bunch of bonus pods and all of that. But in episode 11, I wasn't sure what episode it was, but now I'm sure we're in episode 12. Official episode 12.
1: Well, I'm, I'm glad you wanted to know so much you went and counted.
0: Well, no, I didn't count, but I just kind of looked at it in the station, or in our archives, I guess you might say. So we have bonus pods, we have unboxings, we have...
1: Do we have more than one unboxing?
0: I think we just have one. Yeah, we you know, have uh, unboxings. No, un- we yeah. have unbox. <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, more
1: sleep last night, but it might not sound like it.
0: We did get more sleep. Hey, you know, I wanted to mention here that last episode, and I want to throw a, a big shout out to our listening audience because on last episode we begged, I and mean, we really did. We we begged for people to comment on our stuff, and somebody actually commented on one of our one of our postings. Another and one. It's uh, the most recent episode, and I want to read this uh, because I think it was really a insane comment. Um, so this is in response to our episode eleven again. This was uh, consent and a cringy comic by Combs Comics, and so we got a response here from one of our frequent commenters, Dark Trent One Eighty Two, and she commented on the comic, which said, and she said. Those women in the last panel look like sex dolls, which is another creepy aspect of it. I kind of agree. I had two other issues of consent in the past in games. One of them in a vampire game where my character was graphically raped and tortured for three hours when... I was not aware that I could ask for a fade to black as a player. What? I was 18 and hadn't had the game fully explained to me. The guy who ran the scene was a horrible creep who apparently was jealous I was dating another guy at the game. Needless to say, having had that experience has given me a lot more of a hair trigger when it comes to dubious consent what? in an RPG. The absolute F. That's so messed up, right? I mean, that is just horrifying. Let me finish, though, and we'll kind of discuss this. The other situation, which had a much better outcome, in my opinion, was in a Legends of the Five Rings game when another player, I was in my mid-20s, he was 18, was trying to use a die roll in order to get my character to, to, I can't remember if it was a seduction roll or for my character to kiss him, and I was not having it. I verbally tore into him and he learned not to pull that business with me or any other female PC in the game. When it's a game where specific themes are going to push stuff, make sure to be open and clear about what it is. Don't surprise people with it. I don't care if it, quote, ruins the surprise. People need to know what they're getting into. I know from personal experience that you run a game where you're upfront about things, which I appreciate it, but other GMs might not do so what that vampire th- a three-hour rape scene uh no way i mean no effing way and i and i responded to the comment of course that that's the absolute worst possible scenario that i could imagine like just i just don't even understand it's that's so horrifying like i almost have no words I just hope that by people like us talking about this in podcasts and others, lots of people are talking about these topics now, that 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 stuff just gets eliminated from the game. Yeah. At all.
1: I I, I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Seriously, just don't do that. Do not do that.
0: I mean, it's... Okay, and, and like... No. There is really no excuse for it. And I hear, okay, well... You know, vampire is a dark game. Whatever. No. 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 no, no. I mean, I. I guess if everybody in the game beforehand consented to that kind of thing, and that was what everybody was into at that particular table. Okay, but I think that you. I don't imagine a lot of people, a lot of tables that are that exist out there where that is the case, and I so no
1: no i'm just not feeling that no i i can't i there are so many different ways that i want to say no many of which involve four letter words and it is never ducking
0: no it's never ducking um
1: no no
0: well i'm really sorry that happened to you, dark trent and um you know gosh wow uh that's terrible and uh whatever that
1: dm is they need their
0: yeah, that's not. They lose their DMing card. And they, uh, and they
1: need some psychological help.
0: They sure do. Um, anyway, we appreciate you writing in. And of course, you know, if you want to send us a message, you can send us one at our RPGs and babymakes3 at gmail.com account. Or you can do like Dark Trent 1 <sighs> YouTube Maybe
1: Danny. one day you'll give me the password again.
0: I don't know what it is, so no, I won't. <laughs> and you can also post on the YouTube as well Maybe at Dark Trends.
1: I should change the password so then I will know what it is and I can share it with us.
0: I actually think that's probably smart.
1: Well, I don't know why you I,
0: I don't know why I did either. Let's roll for initiative. <laughs> they see me rolling. Some people are born lucky.
1: Let's roll. Roll, roll for
0: Initiative. So, week in gaming, it's not been a lot since last time we talked, but I think I played some. So we pl- I played in my AD&D Second Edition game that I play, Krakenheim, which is a ice barbarian game, which I love.
1: You do. You I love, love, it. love
0: that game, and it was fun. It was interesting. So we got basically hit by this sort of wave of feeble mind by this princess character that's in this sort of Japanese garden, I guess you might say, that we were exploring. And it sent us into this really strange kind of flashback scene for each of our characters. And so I learned a lot about my character, including that he is being hunted by Baphomet. The, the devil or demon or whatever it is. I think it's a devil. I think Baphomet's a devil. Yeah,
1: Baphomet is awesome. Baphomet.
0: So it's interesting. Um, today on <laughs> so
1: this. The, the, the guy who runs your game is British, so he probably says Baphomet. 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 I
0: don't know how he says it, but I'm sure it sounds better than when I say it.
1: I mean, you know, us Americans just kind of, hey, y'all, we're going to play Baphomet today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what that was interesting, though, is that so today we're going to talk about a segment that I pulled from the book of Dice and Men: The Story of Dungeons and Dragons and the People Who Play It by David E. Waltz. And another part of that book, they talk about the Satanic Panic, and you know how,
1: it was D- crazy. which
0: you know D and D became this sort of <laughs> evil thing, you know. So, oh, man. but I thought it was interesting because like how far we've come since then. So you know, Satanic Panic in the '80s, and now literally the devil is chasing my character in this game that I'm playing, um, which was really kind Every of Every
1: generation int- seems to have this, right? I,
0: you know, it's funny, because I was thinking about this, too, is, like, I think that there's always a character or somebody in, like, popular culture or something in popular culture that everybody freaks out about.
1: Remember when Marilyn Manson that, was... That was exactly <laughs> the
0: example I was going to give. For our generation, <laughs> For like Xenials.
1: Marilyn... And now Marilyn
0: Manson's. Kind of, well, first of all, he's like a creeper joke now. Like he's like a rapist or something like that. So, you know, whatever. I, I don't know all the details about that, but bad news there. He got written off of a.
1: Yeah, the Salem show. No,
0: it was the. Um,
1: oh, uh, American Gods. American too. Gods. He was on American
0: yeah. Gods and he was, you know, killed he off He was on, on, that on the show. Salem show. Oh, he was on Salem. Okay.
1: I think. Yeah, I think that's the name of the show Witches.
0: Oh, Some Witches. Yeah, it's interesting because there's always somebody, right? There's always something. But I can't think. Is there like a, a like a, a something that pushes the buttons of the religious folk now that you can think of? Not that there's anything wrong with religion. If you're into religion and that's your thing, totally fine. But oh. is there something out there that you well, can you think know, of? Well, you know,
1: I think this is a good segue into what we'll be talking about because I think in many ways Donald Trump was viewed as the devil
0: but that's interesting though because it was kind of on the other side. Yeah. Well, okay. Then let's why don't we and right? yeah, let's we're gonna do our segue. We're gonna get in we're gonna just do one segment today, and this is a snippet again that we're gonna we're gonna be talking about here. So why don't we go ahead and get into Moans and Groans.
1: The the, the beef of the show.
0: The beef. Yeah, it's been a <laughs> while. The beef of the show. Here we go.
1: <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not going to do what everyone thinks I'm going to do.
0: Without! Yes. Look, look,
1: me. I've got a major problem, okay? Hold up. Wait a minute. Somebody back. You have no power over me. Crowns and moans.
0: So the beef is tenderized and we are ready for some... Moans and groans, groans and moans here on this episode. And so last episode, we talked a little bit about how I had recently read of Dyson and Men, the story of Dungeons and Dragons and the people who play it by David M. E. Walt, a writer for Forbes magazine. And it's a bit of a history, of course, came out in 1993, August 20th, 1993. Oh, be, I have to No, that's there. not right. 2013, and not 1993. Why do I want to say 90s? It was in 2013 that it came out. So it's a history. And it gets into all of the details there. And we talked a little bit about that book at the end of last last uh, episode. But I wanted to pull out up one particular quote from the book because I thought it was really interesting. And I thought it was really, it relates to now. So I'm going to read this quote. And it goes as such. Author and blogger Cory Doctorow found that games helped him make friends among a different kind of tribe. Quote, I grew up in this very politically lefty household he says normally when i encountered people from the far right they'd be shouting get a job or go back to russia you hippies when we were out demonstrating but when i was 11 or 12 years old i started going to game stores and there were a ton of military and ex-military guys playing dnd end quote as he became a regular at toronto's gaming hotspots dr Rowe got to see that his political opponents weren't just one-dimensional villains. Quote, these were people who were wearing badges that said, nuke them all, let God sort them out, and better dead than red. Serious weirdo ultra right wing nut jobs. But they were nevertheless part of the same thing as me. Whole social group kind of appeared out of nowhere. It was really very interesting. Humans play games for lots of reasons, but the fact that they so easily bring people together must be near the top of the list. I thought this was a really good quote because it stood out to me because there's so much division between gamers right now. And I'm fascinated by that. I mean, for me, it doesn't really matter. In
1: society in general. In
0: society in general, but it's bleeding into the games for sure. There is a, a sort of a culture war amongst gamers and in a way i think that it kind of does fall a line along ideological lines
1: well i mean we just had the discussion about uh ernie gygax being a bigot and looking at the the comic from last week's episode i, I think there is a major divide and some of that divide seems to be happening on a generational basis
0: yeah i mean it's interesting because like so there are folks, and I think Fifth Edition has has inspired a lot of this. A lot of younger gamers are coming, and there are this particular generation is very concerned.
1: Get off with, my lawn! Well, Sorry. no,
0: the new generation. I know,
1: but it making you make me feel old.
0: <laughs> but the new generation is very in, concerned with gender issues and equality and and all of that. And you know, we can debate on whether or not people think that that's right or not. I'm not it's not really making a stance there but there is a a a concern with that and then there's within like let's just take dungeons and dragons for example like the all evil races and things Mm -hmm. like orcs and drow elves and things like that which we've discussed a bit here on the show before about our feelings about those kind of things we actually did a special episode about the article Dungeons, Dragons, and Diversity from Wired Magazine as well, where we talked a little bit about these topics. Which
1: bit itself in the butt with its photo spread.
0: <laughs> I know, which was really funny. And which, of course, for those who aren't aware, this particular issue of of Wired and this article Dungeons, Dragons, and Diversity had a woman, like a basically a sexy woman, a sexy black woman in it. Is that what you're talking about?
1: Just the fact that they're talking about diversity and equality and and then it has a stereotypical spread of a half naked woman. Yeah, basically. Exactly. Yeah, it was it was like what did, did you not read the article before deciding <laughs> the photo shoot? Like Well, and and that photo shoot had to be approved by multiple people on multiple levels.
0: I know. Well, we're, we don't need to get back into all of that, but and I do encourage people to go and check out that particular discussion that we had and that article was you know raised a lot of eyebrows and people it brought up a lot of discussion but I think that there are people that are like this issue doesn't exist there is no problem get keep your hands off of my game and then there are people that are saying well I want my game to have Representation of all of these different types of people, gender, races, ideological differences, things like that. And also people want certain things eliminated, like no slavery in the games, for example. That might be a a kind of a a particular issue. And to be really culturally aware as well. Like I'm thinking of the Curse of Strahd revamped, which was the, I know, revamped, (laughs) haha. Okay. When they did that, they edited out some of the wording concerning the cultural, the culture of the Vistani. And they're a sort of a traveling group that is akin to the Roma or what we're typically called gypsies, which is now known to be a stereotypical term. The term gypsy is mm-hmm. is, is a racist term. And so, yeah, so. by
1: the way, don't say you've been gypped.
0: Yeah. That's. Exactly. Yeah. It's a racial stereotype, right? It's a, it's So they did some corrections there or some changes there to be more sensitive. I am of the belief that there is a certain political divide which is simultaneously happening, playing itself out in the role-playing table. So I kind of feel, and maybe I'm wrong about this, that the people who are on the keep your hands off of my game, we want to have gypsies and we want to have orcs and drow elves and we want to have all like evil races and we want to have that i think i kind of feel like most of them are sort of on one side of the political spectrum and then on the other side those who are want gender fluidity want inclusion and want you know to eliminate races like orcs or eliminate evil races, things like that, are on another, on the other side of the ideological spectrum.
1: And then you have people in the middle.
0: Then you have people in the middle. I think we're in the middle.
1: I'm pretty in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're kind of in the middle. I I think there are certain topics that I, like, I don't believe that everything that's black is evil. I don't like that stereotype. I don't think that women should be excluded from classes like fighter classes but for me i think it's kind of hard to if you don't remember history you're doomed to repeat it sort of thing Mm -hmm. and I, i believe that if played in a proper manner i don't know that we should omit slavery i don't think there should be any glamorized slavery i think that a dm should be able to show If agreed upon in the setting uh, at the table that slavery is horrifying and it is horrible and I think that there are some people out there who have this twisted sense of slavery that you know slaves were happy they were taken care of and no no it's awful and I think in some ways that showing that at a gaming table that it is horrific and it should not be I, I don't know. I think sometimes the table can be a learning table. But I know that some DMs and some players don't want to have to be tasked with that.
0: Well, okay. But I think one of the counterarguments to this kind of thinking... Let me just kind of give an example here. People will say, well, drow elves aren't representative of black people. Orcs are not representative of black people. They're the bad guys I'm playing the good guy, we kill the bad guys. It's that simple, right? That's the sort of argument that it's not, like slavers in a game are not good guys. They're the ones you kill. Like there's a a super module from first edition AD&D called Against the Slave Lords. And in that you basically kill slave lords and they're slavery. But you're the point of it is that you are killing them and taking them on, right? So I think that one of the arguments on one side is that these things don't actually mean what people are saying that they mean. And I think when I hear that argument, I hear it doesn't mean that to you. It doesn't mean that to to so those people say, well, yeah, drow elves are not black people to them. Orcs are not black people to them, but the stereotypes as they've been represented for those who are people of color might find that actually it does feel like it's an attack on them. And in those cases, I'm kind of like, well, you see, like, neither one in those cases, it's not that either one of those people is wrong. It's just that there's like an ideological clash there between those two groups.
1: Yeah, but I mean, isn't every description and visual of drow it's someone with black skin
0: yeah well they're a black skinned race i think to people who are saying that they don't equate it with black humans that actually exist is that they're black skinned elves who live underground and they're a fantasy race they don't they're not representative of yeah, but it's easy Us. for someone
1: to say when they haven't been attacked their whole lives for their skin color. That's
0: exactly my point. And so that's why I kind of say I'm kind of in the middle because I can sort of understand both sides of that argument, you know?
1: Right. I mean, we can only understand to a degree because we are not people of color. So we don't know how that psychologically, how that truly psychologically impacts someone so we can understand to a degree.
0: I think the problem is that now, I think the people, that, that the the argument or why this is such an issue now is because people feel like someone is going to take away their game. But
1: no one's, they're making the pie bigger. No one, I, I would argue. They keep playing their old editions and how they want to play with their friends, totally fine. But who says that they can come in and tell someone else how to play their game and their edition?
0: Well, I think the idea is that new material is coming out, and that new material for a game, Dungeons and Dragons, like we're just talking about Dungeons and Dragons, for example, is a game that they love and care about. And that new material, I think for some of those folks, it feels like it's leaving them behind. It's.
1: All right. Go ahead, sorry. I
0: mean, let's just imagine if it's, you know, these and and a lot of these folks who are on this one side of the argument are the kind of players who have been playing for 20, 30, 40 years. And so I understand, I, I mean, let me just tell you, it's just my personal opinion. I'm kind of with you. I sort of feel like, let's just be inclusive. Let's just make these changes. It doesn't impact me in the least. I, I'm running ad 2nd edition, I just eliminate, like, I mean, the Knights of Solomnia are men and women. There's no rule on, like, I don't have that kind of stuff, you know? Like, to me, there's gender fluidity. There's, like, I don't have any of those. I think my game feels inclusive. But the point is, is that I don't care. I'm playing ad and d 2nd Edition, which hasn't put out anything new in 21 years. You know what I mean? So for me, it's like, I like 5th Edition, actually. And there's gonna be a sixth edition. I mean, right? So, they're gonna be make a game, and maybe I won't like it. And if I don't like it, I won't buy the stuff, and I don't really care. It's not gonna ruin my enjoyment of playing D and D.
1: But and then to loop this back to the original quote, there is somewhat of a, or not somewhat, there is a political divide in this, and I think it also comes down to this idea of, you know, we all kind of stay in our little, in our little groups. You know, like 2nd edition people tend to play 2nd edition, 3rd edition, mm-hmm. you know. But I guess I think the, the bigger question is, is, how do you play with someone at the table who you know is wearing a patch that says blow them all, nuke them, and let them, like, God sort it out? I, I think we've also touched upon this when we did the, the Gygax podcast, we had two very conservative men at our table for a while and it was kind of like a family dinner we didn't discuss politics Mm -hmm. but i I know that that was always kind of there because the, the majority of the table is liberal leaning or middle of the road and we just knew not to talk about certain things i guess like, but, I mean,
0: that's the thing, though, is it was fine, though. Yeah, no, right? I I
1: loved playing with, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it and those people. Well, so
0: I almost want to, like, make that, I guess that's kind of the point that I ultimately want to come around on is, like, we've had this philosophical discussion now about, like, what is going on behind the scenes, but I sort of feel like... By that same token, when we came to the table, it wasn't really an issue. And I almost feel like that's kind of what is great about gaming and like maybe that's healthier. Maybe we're not that different really. When you sit down and you play at a table and you work together and you have great interactions, well, see, yeah. here's
1: the interesting thing. I think I believe that a lot of racism happens because people are not mingling together mm-hmm. and learning how similar we are. But there's also some people I just don't want to be around.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, again, I think it also comes down to this, is it a teaching table? Or is it is it, is it a, are we going to, you know, like teach each other these things? Or is it like a, we get together because we are philosophically on a similar level. But I think it's also important for us to come together with a commonality that shows we're not so different. But again, you know, I I don't want to play with someone who wants to take away my rights, you know? Like
0: Yeah, I mean, that's it, that's the hard <laughs> thing, right? Is it's like <laughs> is there mutual respect there? I mean, this is such an interesting topic to me because like I think the same thing too so something came up there's a bar in our town and I'm not going to name the bar but you mentioned it the other day about how there's this bar in our town that we it's kind of a cool interesting bar that's owned by people of a particular political persuasion
1: yes oh this okay yeah yeah and because we were also talking about that other place that's was owned by someone who was sexist versus uh, well just you know yes just political leaning okay
0: so like how do you feel about like you can okay, you learn that information you learn that this bar is owned by somebody who has very different political views than you
1: and it's a bar I really wanted to check out so
0: but that's the oh. point are you not going to go now
1: probably not
0: don't you think it's super unhealthy for us as a society though To say, we are not going, we are going to, just because somebody disagrees with the, like, they have a different way of living or a different belief system, (sighs) that we are going to then sort of boycott them.
1: Yeah, but these are people who probably donate to other people who want to eradicate my friends kick them out of the country uh make sure that i don't have choices about myself like i just i i, I can't I, I i just i'm not gonna say i really want this cool awesome tropical drink take my money and by the way let's let's uh donate to someone who's gonna you know try to take my my brown skinned friends and throw them out of the country like i just i just can't do it it's like the same reason I don't eat at Chick-fil-A.
0: I don't even know how to make a counter argument to that because I am I am very especially on social issues, I'm very liberal. Yeah. But I mean, what if it was you know, they're thinking, "Oh, well, I don't want to hang around somebody who who believes that vaccines should be mandated and
1: Cool. Okay.
0: Okay. But, I mean, like, I I can't make the argument because I don't really know what the philosophy is. Now, let's
1: say it was someone who was like, okay, I believe that there should be more strict controls on welfare, which is a a conservative lean. Right. Okay. That's cool. I think, okay, I could easily play with someone like that at my table. I could do that. But we're talking about uh, a political divide that is actively tearing families apart and destroying lives and this is a this is a, a, a parental podcast. We have a child. Mm-hmm. I just can't I now Well and our cannot... child
0: wears like a rainbow unity shirt.
1: Yes. <laughs> I mean so like Yes. <laughs> but the thought of having to flee a situation to survive and then be separated from my child kills me. So like, I just, I think there is a certain level of political divide that I can handle and that I'm willing to do. But at a certain point, I'm just like, I I can't, I can't. Like, the world has gone crazy over the last decade. Like, it has been growing and it has gotten to a point where I am when my friends are scared for their lives I am no longer okay with it so I don't know I think this is a nice thought that a game can bring us together but I think that's up until a point
0: wow that's tough I mean I I don't really know the answer I I mean I'm just like thinking about this and it is this is so tough like my mind my brain is like man what is the answer here like what would I? How would I feel? Like, do I want to, oh man, this is a really hard one. You know, it's just, ah, oh, that's a tough one.
1: It is tough.
0: Mm. Well, I'm curious what other people have to say. I mean, I'm curious what other people' stories are. If you've played with people at your table who have dramatically different views than you do on politically, political things or other things and how you navigate that. I mean I'd love to hear from you so email us rpgs and baby makes 3 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you or you can of course just leave a comment in the YouTube chat. Oh yeah, and you should also of course subscribe and leave five-star reviews and all that. But let's finish up this segment. <laughs> I know.
1: And come bring us dinner too while you're at yeah,
0: it. Yeah, please order me a pizza. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's get a, let's go ahead and get out of here. We'll we'll finish up the show. Well, that was interesting. We've
1: got opinions. We have
0: opinions. Well, Our last couple shows have been, last few shows have been pretty
1: deep. We're going to lose some listeners and we're <laughs> going to gain some
0: listeners. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um, I hope we don't lose too many because we don't have a lot. Uh, anyway, I kind of want to mention a couple of things here that we didn't really talk about at the beginning of the show, but I thought it would be fun to end on. Uh, you recently read an entire RPG book and you're thinking about maybe using it as your first... GMing well, when we're
1: talking about an entire RPG book, we're talking about like twelve pages. A zine. A zine, and it was for uh, camp was flying moose. It was thirty-two pages. Yes, it was a. It's a zine called Camp Flying Moose for girls of all kinds, an RPG for two to five players by Alicia Furness, and uh, it it was a whopping thirty-one pages, and uh, it is a. Basically, it's about these uh, girls or those identifying as girls or those who are asexual are at camp and scenarios happen and it can be both lighthearted or dark and uh, and it's how to sort them out. And there's a couple of small campaigns in here and it, it just seems uh, small enough and quaint enough for me to uh, <laughs> test it out on, uh, you know, probably... Two people.
0: Very small group.
1: Yeah, like I just, yeah, you know, I'm a little nervous. Okay? I'm very
0: excited for you though. It First of all, Alicia posted this up in the RPG Zines Facebook group, and, and I saw it. I pointed it out to Gretchen. I was like, hey, you know, so I ended up buying it because after mentioning it to you you said oh that sounds cool so yeah i ended up picking it up and um and she's very responsive and so i'm really excited to see what this game is all about is
1: she responsive you know what we should see if she'll be on the show yeah
0: maybe maybe um well, let's play it first and then
1: yeah all right
0: and then you know it'd be kind of cool especially if it was your first gming opportunity but
1: me nervous. Okay. no but i
0: mean I, we've been look, t- taking a look at a lot of zines a lot of zine games and sort of minimalist games. There's A
1: lot of amazing game designers oh my out God, there. There's, there's so, so many. I'm
0: like, a, I'm just.
1: It's mind bottling. It
0: is like when all your thoughts get trapped in like in a bottle. Mind bottling, isn't it?
1: Did you just say mind bottling?
0: Yeah, mind bottling. You know when things are so crazy, it you gets your thoughts all trapped like in a bottle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's gonna date us too. <laughs> um, but
0: yeah, that's cool. I'm really looking forward to, to trying them out. I wanted to mention as well that I, I've been reading this book that I've really been enjoying. It's called Night of the Black Rose by James Louder.
1: Yes, but you told me about some uh, uh, really disturbing scene.
0: Oh, so it's super dark. It's a Ravenloft book and it came out in 91 and it is kind of a crossover. Between Dragonlance and Ravenloft it's Lord Soth a character from the Dragonlance world gets pulled in Ravenloft and it goes through sort of he runs into Strahd um, of course which is a major character in the Ravenloft setting and there are things that happen and it's really effed up <laughs> yeah I know what you're
1: saying this and I haven't read it yet but the, the dude on the cover I just can't help but think about the Black Knight in Monty Python he does look a
0: little bit like the Black Knight <laughs> in Monty like Python you're
1: telling me these disturbing things and then I just see him kind of limping along with you know no arms saying home. oh no he'll like he's you. super
0: twisted although at one point this somebody does I think threaten to eat his arms and then I kind of thought about that again but anyway I mean there's like torture and all that it's it's pretty rough and it's pretty dark but I have to admit that it really has me interested in Ravenloft we play Ravenloft with Amanda but I have a sort of a different feel a different thought about what Ravenloft is for me. Well, um,
1: man, went super dark in that dream sequence. Oh
0: God, it was terrible dark. Yeah, uh, your character horrifying. was
1: eating my character. I wouldn't
0: mind her going even darker, to be honest with you, when we're playing the Ravenloft game. But it's really interesting, and uh, I've really been in, kind of enjoying it. And I like the kind of crossover nature of it. And you know, for those who are out there who you know are newer players playing Five E and stuff, you know, they haven't released a lot of D and D books in this era but there are so many books that came out for in the D world way back when and some of them are really good i mean like not all of them are good but man they had a massive fantasy book you empire mean like
1: novels yeah novels or, okay
0: yeah i mean like the novels like i mean there's there's ravenloft there's dark sun there's Spelljammer, there's of course a ton of yeah, dragon I mean,
1: fantasy writing like i remember my pack of High school, middle school friends, one of them, uh, her parents, I I just remember this room full of bookshelves, full of books. Many of them were fantasy-based. Yeah. I I just, it's...
0: I mean, there's still plenty of fantasy writing happening, but I feel like with, at that period, TSR, and then, you know, pretty much it was TSR, Wizards of the Coast started to phase it out, but TSR was hugely into publishing novels based in the game worlds and so I mean there's I think there was about 200 books that came out for Dragonlance alone
1: I mean how many of those have you read
0: mm, what in the last year <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many of them I've read but I've read like over 20 it's a lot I've read over 20 in the last year because I've just really been into it again but um, and but it's, it's, it's really it's cool and I mean I would just suggest if you're interested you know check those books out because they're Not only are they kind of fun and interesting, and not all of them are good, I'm going to tell you. They were putting out a lot, and some of it's trash. There's no doubt about it. It's
1: kind of like your dad jokes. You just keep firing them off until some of them stick.
0: (laughs) That's true. That is true. But some of them are really good, and, and uh, it's kind of also a neat time capsule into D&D because it's sort of a, a picture of that period of gaming, and it's and it's really neat. So anyway, let's get on out of here. Um, Gretch, thanks for joining me again this week.
1: Yeah. That was a yeah, lot of fun. It was a lot of fun.
0: And uh, we will catch you soon. We've got lots of stuff to talk about, and uh, we'll con- continue with this newer, shorter, single-topic focus and uh and we're upcoming i want to do a a short episode on the heroic challenges that were put out by lore smith which is uh, or maybe it's lore smith but with a y
1: it's probably smith right? It's probably smith lore yeah. smith
0: it's probably not smith no no it's not smith it's smith it's definitely smith <laughs> but um Lor smith lore smith <laughs> um did this heroic challenges decks and they're this interesting sort of thing I, I i ended up backing it on kickstarter and i have these cards and i haven't had a chance to use them yet but i'm going to be using them in the next Dragonland session that we have so i want to kind of play them out see how they work and then maybe we'll talk about them we'll do a little short episode product review of it because it's really um interesting to me so look forward to that but let's get out of here gretch i want some dinner i'm hungry
1: I need some snacky snacks. Yeah,
0: let's go get some snacky snacks. We'll talk to you all soon. Take care, y'all. RPGs and Baby Makes 3 is a production of Gretchen and Rob sitting on their couch. Email the show at rpgsandbabymakes3 at gmail.com. You can find more episodes on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes, as well as on our free Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Makes Three.